Hi, my name is Vody Asimoto. Welcome back to the Green and Black podcast. Today is our second mock draft special and our probably final one. We're like, what, about a week out from the draft? So let's get right into it. Okay. So, I mean, of co- obviously, before we get into this, we've, it's been a while since we've been together. So how have you guys been? It's, it's been as, about as well as it could go, I guess. I mean, we had the, the, the spring game, I think it was last week. Um, Bodie's not allowed to talk about that, I think. So, um, it'll, but I mean, that was, it was a good thing to see. I think it, um, the one thing I said when I was writing my, um, my recap on that, it was, it was more like, uh, somebody put it more as like a promotional event almost. And then rather than like, you know, spring scrimmage to see how the team is and, I guess it worked because some some recruit actually recruited committed to Timmy Chang after his interview on the I think it was on the fifty or like the forty seven yard line or something. It was on the H, which is I guess a, it's a pretty cool place to commit if you're going to play football here. And don't look at me; I can't say anything about this. He's looking at my co-host because he's 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 here in person. And um, no, but but yeah, I mean, it was it was fun though. It was good to watch. I mean, um. There's a couple of standouts that were really good. I mean, we saw Tomatoa, Monkeyala, Timo Lala. He was, he was really good during that spring game. Leonard Lee had a couple of um, interceptions, and I mean, there was a lot of interesting things we picked up on. I mean, Tanner saw that they were wearing Under Armour jerseys instead of the the standard Adidas. I think he also brought up he saw Mark Nick Martiner on the sideline, but I, I think that was just speculation. And no, he I, I was there. He, he was there. I saw what was it called through uh, Melky Stovall's Instagram story. Uh, he posted a photo of him and both of them at the Island Day. So, but I will say on behalf of you know, because I work at ESPN Honolulu and uh, one of our color commentator for football, uh, John Veneri, had a had a statement about Nick Mardner, Chef and Cotero coming back and all that stuff. From what I've heard from other people that are close to the program, it doesn't sound like that's a real possibility. And in reality, that's probably a good thing. Could I don't know if you could imagine as a student transferring to a new college, being there for like a, a semester and then being like, oh, okay, now I'm just gonna go back to Hawaii. So, you know, it'd be cool to have Nick Mardner and Chevron Cordero back for, you know, the next football season. It'd be amazing to get everyone back, but I think where we are right now, I'm excited for Hawaii football. Are we going to win the Mountain West Conference? Probably not, but are we going to put a good product on the field? I really believe so, especially after watching that Island Day, even despite the one transfer from uh, Solo Turner, uh, our transfer from Baylor from a couple years ago. I hope he does well in his you know future in football, but I believe, you know, our other 13 defensive backs uh, can help pull through for that absence. That, that was one thing though, is because there's, there was a lot of depth, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it was, I think they put their best product on the field Saturday. And I, I think that's a good sign for the future because even if they, they might not be playing their, their best football down the season, I guess, but um, it's it's year one. It's a rebuilding roster. As long I feel like as long as they're they're, tr- I know it's not a participation game, but if, because if they're trying their hardest and they're buying into what this coaching staff is doing, I think for sure it's probably going to be a really good season. 
um, in 2022. Before we move on, I want to just stress that those sources were not me at all. Please. Yes, Derek. they were not Bodhi. I what's it called? I want to clarify that. Derek, to, uh, I, I've been a good Derek, person. Derek, Please it was not me. Bodhi. But um, so what, one thing I I will be able to say because I think this is gonna be hilarious. Like I love the Tamatoa Moki Atimalala, but like with the national like especially with like Michigan games, you know, games that are going to be like probably nationally televised, it's going to be hilarious to see some of these commentators try to pronounce, you know, more Hawaiian names. Like when they first see Kahava Vai Welsh, like I wonder how many times they're going to try to get Kahava Vai like on the first try. I mean, I remember back in the Rolovich days when Solomon uh, Matautia was on the team, people wouldn't get his name right. And it would I mean, be like Solomon Matau Toa. And it's like, that's not even the right vowel. That's the that's, that's just that's just a, the wrong shape, actually. One's one's a rectangle, the other's a circle. But yeah, regardless, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm excited to watch that Michigan game, even though it'll be like it'll be hard to watch, but it'll definitely be fun to watch. Hopefully not like um, UCLA last year where we accidentally take a knee instead of a punt, but hopefully we put some, you know better stuff out there well that's another thing i wanted to talk about i'm very sorry because i know you're about to say something but so i was like actually on the sidelines for like once at a game dude i don't know how like i don't know how you can call plays from there like i how that must have been what bo Graham was saying last year <laughs> you just I, what do i do do i just yell at my quarterback for the entire game well, I think that's why Jacob Yoro, he told when he was doing his interview with us um, a couple, I don't know when it was, it was, it was, a, it was months ago or something, but that's why he said he was probably going to be calling plays from the box because he's such a, he's such a, he's a coach that like almost, I think he said he thrives on that energy and he's an emotional guy. And so that's why, that's why he was going to call in from the box because it's so isolated and you're so, um, I, I guess, separated, I guess is the right word from those sounds. And but but yeah, but yeah. I mean, I mean the disres- I mean, to be fair, even I have a hard time pronouncing some of these names. I mean, Kila Kamaka Kamaka Vivo. Kamaka Vivo. Oh come on! Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. That's an really? easy one. Yeah, that, that one's just got to be one. easy yeah. by association, Reese. Brada is. I'm sorry. I, I, I am better than those commentators, though. I will say that. But I will never be up to the the levels of Tanner Hayworth and Bodhi Asamoto. Hey man, they couldn't get Kaneshiro. They would so this it's, it's not a high depressing. bar. It's not a high bar. That that's, that's actually true. depressing. They really couldn't say Kaneshiro. God. Terrible. Because well, they don't see they don't see a lot of, you know, those kind of last names, you know? We're we're much more used to it. The worst part is is that is that media relations, they do such a great job of getting these pronunciation guides out and, and it's pretty clear these guys don't read it. Do do the work. But moving on from us just completely roasting other commentators from around the country, um, you know, today's our mock draft episode, so we got to get to some, you know, juicy NFL news. I kind of just want to go around the virtual Zoom room and, you know, see where you guys think, you know, Debo will land and, you know, if you think Kyler Murray will be moved or if he will not be. To be fair, Steve Kime did say, that those rumors are completely false, but it's also the same guy that said Josh Rosen is our guy. So like Kyler just goes to like the Oakland A's or something. I mean, 
I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, he just, I don't get the situation. If he's get traded, he gets traded, but I don't know where. I mean, what do you guys think? He's. I think he's staying. I think it's just a lot of smoke. It's just like, let's just get him his contract extension. Look, the reason why Cardinals aren't winning games isn't because of Kyler Murray. Let's be real. The defense kind of blew up by the end of the year. Um, it can be a coincidence that in every single year for Cliff Kingsbury, he his record blows up no matter how good it is in the first half. It can't be a coincidence. And so the fact that they gave him an extension, it just blows my mind. I don't understand it. I don't understand, you know, the the Cardinals GM keep on they keep on drafting athletic linebackers. I think this is the third one in a row left from last year. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully we don't take, you know, too much of a like we don't take too much what's called inspiration from the Arizona Cardinals for this year's mock draft. But I just don't understand what they're doing every year. Look, they got a good offense. Just let Kyler play. And I think they're going to get a wild card spot, especially with how weak this NFC West is turning into, especially if Debo Samuel is getting traded. Because, you know, that's a big rumor that started at least yesterday that he asked for a trade. And it was about actually about a week ago. It was only made public yesterday. Look, I don't think he's staying. I think the Jets are probably going to make that easy move. They've been trying to get a receiver all offseason. And it's probably going to be like a second rounder and like a next year second rounder. I don't think they're, they're – it's too desperate to trade number 10 for Debo. I think San Francisco would be fine with those second round picks. And I think especially for that contract dump, they don't got to worry about it. And then they'll be like, hey, we'll just draft another wide receiver – and, you know, he'll be the next, you know, he'll be the next wide receiver up. So I don't doubt the San Francisco 49ers will regret trading Debo. And I think Debo will probably find a brand new destination where he doesn't have to play running back anymore. I got a curious question for, do you think that they, some team that for the San Francisco will force them to package if they still want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, will they trade him in or they force him to make them part of that Debo package? They can't. I don't think Jimmy's going because if I were the San Francisco 49ers, I'd be keeping Jimmy. But they did last year was dumb. I don't think Trey's ready. I think he will be ready. I don't think he's ready this year. I think Jimmy is going to start the year for the San Francisco 49ers. Fair assessment. So this is something I like actually brought up among my friends because I know that, you know, I know that, you know, a lot of people think, you know, Jimmy's probably going to stay, you know, Tanner, you just said so yourself, but I, I'm kind of wondering, like, I wonder if John Lynch is like putting some pressure on Kyle Shanahan to maybe start Trey Lance and maybe they've made a decision and maybe that's why Debo wants out. I, I'm not saying that I know any of this. I'm just saying it's some, you know, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory BS that I've I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think if you're a if you're a star wide receiver and your team isn't making an absolute clip a commitment on the guy that's passing you the football, I'd be I'd be a little bit pissed off. It's like, do I really want to make a commitment to this team that isn't even good that can't even make this decision on whether or not you're gonna trade a guy? I just don't think that that's worth it. I think you go if I was him. Like, yeah, get, get some starting snaps. Uh, another tweet that I saw. We're we're just gonna honestly move past 
Tanner just cutting out a little bit, but we, we, got, we got the gist of what you were saying. Don't worry, we got it. My bad. I noticed no, that you're, happening you're good, while good. I was talking. It's uncontrollable. Yeah. But, I, you know, another tweet that we, we saw out there was, we're pretty sure Debo Samuel is the first wide receiver ever to request less touches of the football. Like, it, it's a little, like, I get it, because I, I think, from my perspective, I, I kind of like it, just because I think where Debo is coming from, he wants to preserve his longevity. You know, running back's a pretty brutal position, and if you're going to be running that, you know, your career is probably on a sh- shorter trajectory than it would be at wide receiver. But it, it's still hilarious to think that most wide receivers, they say, give me the ball. And Debo's like, eh. I mean, like, if you're going to give him that many snaps, I, I don't know if his career will last that long. He might be out of the game by, what, 30, 31 by the time he, by the time that happens. So, like, I get what he's saying. Less touches is, it, it's, it, you're right. It's funny to say, but I think he's, he has a very good point about that. If it's the 49ers, I mean, it might be less. What did, was it, uh, Patrick? Uh, oh, no. Oh, oh, it's escaping my mind. No. The, the linebacker, oh, he was one of the Patrick Willis? Ones. Yes, thank you. Patrick Willis retired at, like, what, 29? Well, I mean, on the same note of that, remember Chris Borland? He was there for one year, and then he retired the same year that Patrick Willis did. He was easily one of the 49ers' best defensive players that year, and then he just retired. He was, he was which a is, rookie. Yeah, rookie. And then he was just – he was phenomenal. And uh, when I saw that, I was like, wow. And then – you know, he, he just really wanted to avoid getting concussions, which I can respect. And, you know, you know, it's, it's not it's not a it's not a game for old men, to be honest. I mean, I know how Brady's doing it at what, 46, 40, however old Tom Brady is. But I mean, it's 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 fair, the NFL is just very taxing on your body overall, I guess. Speaking of age, I like to confirm that I am 19. I have my driver's license on me. I'd like to say, Christian, suck it. I am 19. July. That's the most you'll get out of me. But, um, you know, with this getting out of, with getting all this, you know, kind of recent news out of the way, let's move into the meat of our episode, which is our mock draft. Uh, just a little rule before we get into this. Time yourselves, because after we tried it last time, uh, that was not great when I was trying to time all of it, but t- try to limit yourself to not, you know, not too much stuff. I do have a clock in front of me, so that definitely helps. All right. So I guess with the first pick of, or the Kaleo Sports slash the Green and Black mock draft is now officially open. C- can I get some booze here? Can I, can I get some booze? Ooh. I believe Rick Sanchez once said this, your booze feed me. I've seen what makes you cheer, but let's, all right. I'm on the clock now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I mean, I I don't need any discussion anymore. I, I can. Okay. So I made the Evan Neal pick last time, but honestly, at this point, when you look at the Jags, I just they gave um, their tackle from Alabama. Oh my God, I'm very tired. I, before we like get on me, I want to say I got home last night at eleven, and I had to wake up at five in the morning. Okay, oh, so they, they gave oh yeah, they gave Cam Robinson an extension. 
So they're probably not going to go tackle. I'm going to pick the best player available in this draft by far, Aiden Hutchinson. Lock it in. All right. So I believe now, Tanner, you're up next with those Detroit Lions at that pick that thank God none of us have. Well, I feel like me and Reese are definitely going to have fun with our two picks. Um, with the second pick, can go a lot of different directions. I think I'm going to go with the new one. He's a developmental guy, but he's got a high ceiling. Detroit's not going to win much next year, but they'll win a lot more in the future, thanks to this guy. I'm picking Trayvon Walker from Georgia. You're right. I have not seen that before. But I'm not going to lie. I don't hate it. I mean, Trey Flowers is probably on his way out of Detroit. So, I mean, to bring in a guy, you know, I think Dan Campbell Dan Campbell's going to get him to eat a lot of kneecaps down in there in Detroit. Hate me if you want Trayvon's for that the joke. guy to do it. He didn't take a lot of snaps on that Georgia D-line. I love him, and I think he'll do very well. I'm inclined to agree. I love the pick, man. I like it. It's. I think that's somewhat I saw in um, in. Actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but I I like the I like the pick though. I think he he really boosted his his um his draft stock. Okay, so before we move on to your pick, Reese, we should really make that a new segment. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about that. Presented to you by Manoa now, but yeah. Anyway, you're on with the Texans, Reese. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm keeping track of this on, on Pro Football Focus. I know Tanner probably rolled his eyes, but we can't see because the screen's off. But um, dude, honestly, I really don't know who I'm going to pick because it says every position, and I did, like, no prep whatsoever. Um, I mean, I, I really don't know who they're going to pick. I think I, if I'm them, I just go with the best – who I think is the best player on the board with her and – I think that's got to be Ike McQuanu out of NC State. You know, I, I like this pick a lot. So, God, I'm going to be saying this a lot, aren't I? Un- until we get to my quarterback picks. But um, I better not see Sam Howell round again. <laughs> yes, that yes, better he, not be happening. That better not be my happening. First round board, yes. But so I, I really okay. Getting, getting back to it's my turn to talk. <laughs> I, I really like the Ike McQuanu pick just because. So when you look at what PFF says, you know, they say every position, I think it really bodes well to take Ikamaquanu specifically for his uh, positional versatility. Play inside, he can play outside. I, I assume he can probably play right, left side. And, you know, he's a little bit more of a – he's a different style of athlete. He's not, he's not Evan Neal, but he, he still wins with, you know, his athleticism. So I, I, think I really like it just because he can fill a lot of spots that the Texans need. Because, I mean, after all, well, I, I don't really think they're that great. But you have Laramie Tunsil there. You have – you can maybe kick Titus Howard somewhere. And is Max Sharping In reality, starting? for the Texans with their O-line, if I were them, I'd kick Titus Howard out to right tackle and probably slot Ekem at left guard. I mean, and then he's, you have. If you if I've watched I've watched a, uh, some tape on him, his guard tape is actually monstrous. But he his tackle play is awesome. I love him, and I think you know 
we could talk about Ikem Okonwu, I think, all day. But I think they're what's it called? The clock on number four has already been going for a little bit. Well, I mean, that's great because this one's open and shut. Okay, so I took him last time with my second Jets pick, but honestly, it's it's too good now. I have to take it right here because I just love the fit so much of Robert Sala's defense. I'm taking Sauce Gardner at four. It's all the it's all the things I've been saying since last time. I mean, with that size, I I think he's what like six two. Didn't allow a touchdown in his career in Cincinnati. I mean, he's just gonna he's gonna have an amazing career in that Robert Sala defense. Think Richard Sherman, but prime Richard Sherman. I love the pick as a as a what's it called? As the Jets are my second favorite team. I normally like going with Sauce at four and trying to see what's going on at number 10. But yeah, great pick. All right. Now we're on to number five overall. We got Tanner again with those big blue New York Giants. And I love me, my Giants. My uh the host. Bobby Curran loves them. My best friend, Tyler, he loves them. So I'm going to do add some great protection for Daniel Jones. Going Evan Neal out of Alabama to be that uh, cornerstone left tackle for them. I mean, that, that I mean, it kind of just makes sense. You, you know, you're going into, I think, is it Daniel Jones' fourth or fifth year? But it, it's around his last year. And you need to know if he's going to be that guy. So to get him that protection – Pair him up with Andrew Thomas. You got one of the better tackle. You you got a pretty good tackle duo. I I don't want to say one of the better ones, but you have a pretty good tackle duo right there. So I I love the pick. I I think it, it's interesting to me because um, well it's interesting because he's probably the second best offensive lineman behind Ikemakwanu. Is that is that fair assessment to say? They're my one A and one B. I, I agree. You want a pure tackle. Pure tackle, Evan Neal. If you want versatility, go Ekin. Okay, yeah, because I mean, there's there's no doubt that Evan Neal's power is just it's incredible. I mean, I'm looking at like draft comps that other people much smarter than me have done, and it's just he's physical. He he's mo- he's mobile. I think the only knock on him is that he he needs to be able to be he needs to be able to keep his balance when he gets into contact. Um, I mean, I was talking with um, Curtis Mariama at the Star Advertiser. He, he, his thing was that he watched Evan Neal's tape and because, you know, he's obsessed with the draft first off, but then he watched Evan Neal's tape and there was a play where I think Evan Neal was able to, I think, pancake two defenders, but he fell down at the same time, which is, it's not very, it's not a very good thing, right? If your offensive, if your left tackle was falling down. So, but overall, I think it's a good pick. I mean, he has the chance to be versatile. He started his freshman career, he started his collegiate career at left guard. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very versatile pick. All right, now on to number six. We got Reese with those Carolina Panthers. Oh, okay. Um, Malik Willis? This is maybe. I, I, I'm, no, I'm thinking, I know I think I'm not going to get a quarterback, though. I think I just don't. Well, actually, I don't know. Haley Zappi? Because I, well, the thing is, though, I reckon you can get a quarterback in the later rounds because there is such a, it's, it's such a deep, not deep, but it's a pretty decent class with, you know, <laughs> with with Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral probably going sick in the second round and stuff. But I think you need to tackle more. And just to be clear, the Panthers do not have a second round pick. They don't have a they day don't. two pick. 
I don't know. I feel like you can get a quarterback in this market. That's why, especially if you wanted like Baker Mayfield, but it's such a, it, I think you need to get a tackle more in my opinion. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, I think, I can't remember who I picked with my first pick, but I think I'm going to go with Charles Cross out of Mississippi state. You know, so I'm liking this. I'm liking it. I like it just because I think it's good to protect the quarterback. But that quarterback is also Sam Darnold, and that scares the crap out of me. Well, that's the, well, that's the truth, because what I'm thinking is that you can still get quarterbacks in this market. I mean, you have Garoppolo and Mayfield still in play. I support, I don't know about Garoppolo, but Mayfield's still in play. And to me, I think tackles are, are they're not a dime a dozen in this draft. So I think that's why it needs, that needs to be the priority pick. But to me, it's, you think it's possible Carolina trades down to get an extra pick? It could be, but you know, a lot of experts are saying that this is one of the hardest years to mock. And I truly believe that because there's a lot of needs for a lot of teams. And this is not a very, you know, let's be real. This isn't a very sexy year when it comes to top picks. So there's a lot of possibilities for a lot of different guys, especially, you know, you see the quarterbacks like Malik Willis, like Kenny Pickett. You don't know if teams are going to rise up to get them. You see a guy that's falling right now with Kayvon Thibodeau, and there's a lot of injured receivers like Drake London and Jamison Williams would probably be like top five picks if they weren't injured. So I love this year just because of how volatile it's going to be. Well, speaking of volatile, let's go one more time back to Tanner Hayworth. With like I said, Giants. he's fallen. He's fallen. I better pick him right now, right? So I'm just going to go Kayvon. We know about Kayvon Thibodeau. We've known about him since his freshman year. I feel like since high school. I think he's going to be a great thing. Highest ceiling in the draft, in my opinion. Well, that sucks. I was going to take him on with my next pick. Damn it. But so, you know, those Atlanta Falcons, now we know Marcus Mariota is going to be their quarterback. I, I don't plan on taking quarterback here, just, just to dispel any rumors. I think it's going to be a year that, it's kind of a throwaway year, which is what last year was for the Falcons. But it's the Falcons. They suck. I'm sorry. But they're going to need another year. So I'm just going to take the most talented player in the draft. I'm going to take Kyle Hamilton. I know safety is probably not the sexiest position, but, I mean, he's kind of like last year. He's kind of like Kyle Pitts. He's at a position that's not super highly coveted by the NFL. But, my God, the talent on this guy is, like, ridiculous. You watch the Notre Dame, the Notre Dame games, and, I mean, he's just, he's just a very good football player. I'm going to leave it at that. I think it's a good pick for where he is. I think number eight is a very respectable pick. I like the pick. I just I, – I, it's, it's weird to see he's another person that's kind of draft stock has sort of collapsed with those 40 times, I think. What was the last one? It was like four or five or something. It was, it was not exactly quick for a safety, but I think his, his other athleticism, his other athletic traits are, they're, they're too good to pass up on, I think, in my opinion. And now we got Reese back in with the Seattle Seahawks. This one I'm actually super interested in. My dad's a Seahawks fan. My boss is a Seahawks fan. And as much as I would love to see them crash and burn, sorry, Silas. Um, you know, let's see what you do to help them not suck. 
I just said that Carolina needs to take a tackle <laughs> because I think you can get a quarterback here, but I, I don't know. Does Seattle go with a quarterback here? I mean, do they ride? Do they run the tables with Geno Smith and Drew Locke? Or do they just – Bodie's, like, actually coughing and stuff. Um, I feel like – I think Seattle probably – I think I'm going to – is this my third pick in a row where I take a tackle? I, I seriously think it is. I don't – because – I don't know. It's it's such a high point to take some to take someone. I think because we took like the top we took the top three guys off the board already, right? So it depends on who you ask. A lot of people like Trevor Penning. I'm not one of those people, but yeah, I will say my love for Trevor Penning has been slowly falling as I you know come off the high. But I think there's a lot of really solid directions to go here at nine. I agree. I just. It's I think it's too it's too early to grab a tackle. Um quarterback, maybe. I feel like Seattle though, they're gonna go defensive. And if you're gonna go defensive, you probably take hmm. This is tough. I know I'm on a timer, that's why I gotta We need like some Jeopardy music to fill the time. I don't know. Give me the. I'll take the kid who actually went to school in, in Seattle. I'll take Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Ooh, whoa, that's a good one. It's a very intriguing pick. I think just if Seattle doesn't have, I, I to me, if Seattle doesn't get Cross or Equanu or any of those tackles that are still on the board, to me, I feel like they trade down and you know stockpile their picks because they're not really first round selectors anyway, right? But. You know, I don't. I don't know. I feel like you either go quarterback or you either go defense. You don't go tackle if you're Seattle. So here I am now with those J E T S Jets, 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 Jets. So I'm looking at the PFF board right now. I'm not going Derek Stingley for obvious reasons. Like I, I just took Sauce Gardner. That'd be stupid. Uh, if we're gonna, okay. So this is like, I guess we'll we'll see where Devo lands but we're not doing any trades for this. So J- Jamison Williams, I feel like it's way too early for him just because of the, mainly because of the injury history. And, you know, like you said, there's really too early for a tackle too. My God, this is, this is tough because the Jets paid another edge defender in free agency whose mind is escaping me. God, I am so tired. Are you talking about Vinny Curry? No, I'm not talking about Vinny Curry. That would be yikes. Although I, I do agree, Vin, Vinny Curry is pretty good. Wow, they've added a lot of pass rushers. Jacob Martin, Solomon Thomas, who honestly shouldn't be stopping me. You know what? Oh, that's right. They signed... Tight end CJ Uzama. You know what? I'm going to do it anyway. Because none of those guys have stopped me. Solomon Thomas definitely isn't stopping me. I'm going to go George Karloftis out of Purdue. I think he's a very good edge defender. I I think he's a little bit of a developmental guy. But when you look at what Robert Sala did best at San Fran, it was getting after the quarterback. I think he's going to – I think Karloftis has some very interesting – 
uh, athletic tools coming from a water polo background. <laughs> Very interesting. I know. Right. But I think that, you know, it can help him probably, or it's not like can help him show him the way and get him to be more like a kind of like, okay. So I don't know if this is quite a like exact comp, but maybe a little bit like Ziggy Ansa ish. He's not as much hopefully of a freak not. athlete, but you know, ho- hopefully he has a little bit of a better career arc, but into a good pass rusher is what I'm saying. You know, Ziggy Ansa at one point was a good pass rusher. And I think George Kalafis can be, you know, a very good developmental guy. I probably would have taken Carl Loftus if he was still on the board when I'm whenever I was picking. But I mean, I like I like the pick. He's a great. It seems like a great pick. Um, yeah, I think the only concern is that there there are a lot of edge rushers in New York right now. So we'll see if that actually happens. Wait, Carl Lawson's coming back. That's right. So they'll have two edge rushers. Yeah, but I mean, still, it's you can never. Okay, as we've seen with Super Bowl, you can never teams, have too many yeah, edge rushers. You can never have too many edge rushers. It painfully reminds me of that. Super Bowl that the Patriots lost to the Seahawks. I mean, to the to the Eagles. That was I, I don't even want to remember it. So we're moving on to the Washington Commanders now. God, that sounds weird. Go ahead, Dan. Well, you left me in a great position because there was one guy I wanted to take, and it's a guy that I would usually take with the tenth pick with the Jets because I think they need receiving help, and this is a team that also needs a lot of help at receiver. They got a guy, Terry McLaurin, out of the Ohio State. They got another guy out of the Ohio State and Curtis Samuel. And I think they'll round out with a third guy from the Ohio State, both Garrett Wilson, I think is going to be one of the better receivers in this draft. I think he's, you know, we know about his speed. I think he has some of the best body control in the draft as well. He has some crazy catches so i really love garrett wilson and i think whoever's throwing him the ball up in washington uh i think they'll very much appreciate a guy that can go up and get it for him not so sure if if it's carson wentz throwing the ball because then it's just going to end up to whoever the defender is he might finally throw a pass to an eagles teammate I am laughing. I'm just muted. Don't worry. I need, like, you know those air horn sound effects? We, we need a soundboard at some point for this podcast. But, I mean, I, I like the pick. I mean, you know, you might as well throw the kitchen sink at Carson Wentz and hope he pans out. I'm So, I, I like... I, I liked Carson Wentz. And then I saw him playing in Indianapolis in that last season in Philly. And I just... I can't. I, I it's don't fine. see it. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, let's go. Fitzmagic. Okay, so this is how I see the season going for the commanders. Wentz gets hurt. I don't know. Maybe he, like, breaks his leg or something at, like, the 50-yard line because that just seems to happen because Dan Snyder sucks at owning stadiums. And then Fitzmagic comes in and leads them to a wild card berth. You can quote me right there. Fitzmagic will lead the commanders to a wild card berth. Can, can we get that on a cult graphic for Kaleo? I'll put that. We should, we'll work on our designs and then put that on green and black Twitter. But I don't think that that's a bold prediction, Bodie. I, I was going to go with something like Fitzpatrick will probably come in week two or three, dominate, 
start week four, be okay. Week five, lose. Week six, get benched for Wentz again. Then week eight, he gets back in the rotation and so on and so forth. And then the commanders go like six, ten, and one or something. I, I forgot that it's a 17-game schedule. This, that's ridiculous too. But, I mean, I like the pick with Garrett Wilson. I, I'm not, I will say. Now Enough on about you. the commander's season at this point. I think. It's going to another team that will probably do as good as the commanders in the Vikings, right? Yeah, this is going to be weird. I, I, It's a totally new regime. It's weird to think that Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman aren't there anymore. So go ahead, Reese. Good luck. Okay, I think don't feel comfortable taking Stingley. Um, I think to me, you you got to take an interior lineman if you're Minnesota. I'm not really sure what their roster looks like interior wise. Um, I'm gonna stall for a little, little bit. <laughs> I mean, I would say I, I do like Tyler Linderbaum. Linderbaum. I think he was the only Iowa player, player to play well against their loss to Colorado State. That's who I think I'm going to go I think I'm going to go Linderbaum because, yeah, lock it in for Tyler Linderbaum because I was looking at the Vikings roster and, I mean, you have Garrett Bradbury there. I don't know how good he was, but you can always move somebody to guard if that's such an issue. And, you know, I think interior linemen that – it. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of centers in this draft that are first round material. I mean, I think Tyler Winderbaum's the only one actually. So, um, you know, I I'm gonna pick him for Minnesota to twelve. I think. I mean, clearly, I'm kind okay. of eh on that pick. I like Garrett Bradbury. I think he's doing fine as the center, but but you know, if he can move to guard, I think that'll work out. Because because Linderbaum's not playing anything else other than center in reality. Like I don't think that's happening. Now I believe we're on to our first um, back-to-back pick, I guess. Reese with the Texans. You got oh, pretty shit. much the entire board. I think I'm not going to take a tackle because that's that's what I grabbed last time I ran. I don't think they need that many tackles with um, with Chris Howard and Laramie Tunsil on the on the roster. But oh, oh my god, can imagine if you had taken Tyler Linderbaum here. Where is it? I, I have the Texans roster pulled up. Um, I think if you're them, you have to go with defense. Um, probably interior or D- interior D lineman or linebacker. I think I don't know what their edge rusher situation is, but um, best player remaining on the board, I think, is probably oh, this is tough. I feel like this is going to be a reach, but I don't care. Let's go with with um, Jordan Davis out of Georgia. It's giving me shades of Vince Wilfork. I love Jordan Davis. Man, it's, it's like, I mean, I, I'm I don't I keep hearing all the hype about him. I think his his draft stock went really it went skyrocketed at the combine. I think is that is that fair to say? Totally. I think he's part of those Georgia defenders that just skyrocketed their their um, what's it called their trajectory just based off the combine. They're running the fastest out of anyone out there. So I love Jordan Davis, like uh, Bodie said, shades of Vince. But I 
I think that's an, that's a great pick for a team that needs another Vince Wilfork, you know, he was there for a couple of years and I thought he did pretty solid, you know, at the back end of his career. So I think they'll be happy to get, maybe he won't be 99 because of JJ Watt, but I think he'll find a new number or something. I have to double check. Does NFL rules allow for interior linemen to wear single digits or is that a, I can't remember because they changed the rules. I would love to see just like a 330 pound Jordan Davis running down wearing number one like barreling at a quarterback that would be absolutely hilarious to me i would pay for a jordan davis shirt like in his size and wear it you look like you look like a little kids could like dress up like their parents when they go to work when in their work clothes that's i feel like that's what it looked like well to be fair i think cody cook said he wanted me to fill out my shirt first so we've got a long way to go we've got a long way to go but uh on our way there, we got Tanner now with the Baltimore Ravens. Take it away. They can go a lot of directions here. Uh, they re-signed Calais Campbell, so I'm really happy about that. Um, their issue last year was injuries and depth. So I think I'm going to help them out with their depth. I changed my mind. I'm going to go with, in my opinion, the best player on the board here. I'm taking Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. I think he's going to be one of the – I think I'm going to – this isn't how he plays, but I'm going to relate him to Brian Burns of of Carolina Panthers fame. You know, he was a guy that was taken around the mid of the first round. Not a lot of people knew his name, but we all – coming. Out, I think he was also out of Florida State as well. So I really love Brian Burns. His production is awesome. And I think Jermaine Johnson is a guy that can take it to the next level, and especially in a team like Baltimore – that has a great defense and amazing leaders on that defensive line. I think he can thrive in that. And I think he, he can learn from that. And I think he can become a next gen kind of guy for those Baltimore Ravens. An Amazon next generation guy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, I heard a lot of good things about Jermaine Johnson and, you know, if he's still on the board, I think it's, it's could be the steal of us. It could be a steal in this you draft. I mean, it's honestly hard to tell. Now we got Reese over here with my brother's team, actually, the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, okay. I, I think Philadelphia needs a receiver here. And because you have two teams that could also use receivers in New Orleans and L.A. right behind you before you go to 18, I think I need to take a receiver here. Um, oh, Ryan, give me a minute. I don't know what happened. I legit thought. Okay, I'm just going to continue on. I'm just going to fill some space here. I think it's absolutely hilarious that – so you have the Eagles right now. There's two guys on the board that are pretty much projected to be what their two failed wide receivers are supposed to be. You know, you got Jamison Williams, who, you know, is going to be that faster guy, kind of like Jalen Rager was supposed to be. And then, you know, you got Drake London, the bigger guy, who you could take to, you know – Replace what uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was supposed to be. Remember that guy? My God. Yeah, he was just... bad. His only touchdown was yeah. off a of fumble recovery. Um, um, I think, okay, I think it's either for me, it's either going to be between Olave from Ohio State and Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Maybe, I feel because I feel like Philadelphia's in a position where they can't wait for Jamison Williams to get um, healthy. And I still don't know a lot about Drake London, but oh, I'll take. I mean, it, this is hard. 
I'm looking at like strengths and weaknesses that um, Dane Brugger did from the athletic for the athletic, and it's like. I mean, if it were my choice, I think I'd go Drake London, but that's just me, though. I keep hearing a lot of the good. I hear a lot of good things about Drake London. I'm just. The one thing was that he, he runs a basic route tree, and I think that was one of those things that was like, oh. This is my uh, obligatory um, time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's take a lobby. That sucks because that was going to be what I was going to choose for the Saints because they love them. They're Ohio State wide receivers. Um, I think for the Saints, they got to go receiver. You can't just – like hope that Michael Thomas comes back to be the player that he was. And I think with that, you got to go the best receiver on the board, in my opinion, a guy who I can't believe has fallen all the way down to 16. I'm going Drake London. Well, damn, here I am with those LA chargers. I miss San Diego. I miss San Diego so much, but you know, I, I've got some really interesting choices because you know, LA was kind of that team that kind of just, they didn't throw a ton of money, but they got a whole bunch of guys. They have they added J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack. Those are two guys I can think off the top of my head. But, you know, last year they had they added Asante Samuels Jr. You got Derwin James and Sierra Adderley coming. I mean, that, that defense is just absolutely loaded. I could add to it in the interior with Devontae White, who I think is almost as talented. He's probably more – He's probably around as talented as Jordan Davis. I think Jordan Davis is kind of just big and athletic. But I'm also looking at their offensive line right now. Outshot, outside of Rayshon Slater and maybe Corey Lindsley, that line looks like a show. And I know it may be a little bit early, but I think he's a really good tackle. So I'm going to take Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan. I know he may be a developmental guy. Over Penning. That's interesting. So, okay, here's my spiel about Penning. I really – I get that people want ferocity in their, off, in, their, in their offensive linemen. But, my God, like, there's a little bit too much of a ferocity. I think you get a little bit better version of that same protective instinct from Bernard Raymond, who apparently spent time in the Austrian army that uh, – I didn't know that was a thing, but he did. And I think he brings that a little bit more disciplined side where he won't throw an edge defender into your quarterback's legs. And that, that's the part that scares me about playing. I get he has that energy, but when you don't have controlled energy, it leads to chaos, and chaos can, you know, really mess with, you know, the production of a team. So that's why I'm going Bernard Raymond, Central Michigan. No? No, no, no analysis. All right, cool. Um, we're just gonna go. We're getting through this. We're getting through this. We we gotta move. We gotta move. So, uh, back to oh my god, it's pretty much the same. It's the Eagles and then the Saints all over again. But race, go ahead. I put a lot of I, I did put a lot of thought into this one while you guys are taking up making your picks and justifying them. I I think Philadelphia needs a linebacker. I mean. I think you can get away with your interior, your D lineman. You should be okay. You got Fletcher Cox coming back, and um, 
you know, I don't know what Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett's situations are, but it, it is what it is. But looking at the linebackers on the roster right now, it's not very, uh, it's not very notable names. But so I'm, I'm thinking, I think, is Alex Singleton still? No, he signed with Denver. But I think I'm going to go, I'll go with Devin Lloyd. I, I'm, I think he's probably one of the best linebackers in the draft, if not the best. And I don't even know if he'll actually be on the board at the time the Phillies have, or the Eagles have to pick at 18. My thing with Devin Lloyd, I mean, he's obviously a great player, but I think with, with me, I'd like Nakobe Dean just a tad, tad more. And this is going to be for a really stupid reason. Because I think Nakobe Dean, I just like Nakobe Dean a lot better because Devin Lloyd's oldish. He's 23. He's going to turn 24 midseason. And it, it just it scares me because we've talked about this, right? Linebackers like a wear and tear position, you know, you're usually not in there that long. You get in there, you get shredded, you get out. Patrick um, Patrick Willis was only there till he was 29. I, that's why I do take uh, Devin Lloyd and maybe he does turn into a great linebacker and you know he does reach this Patrick Willis level of you know just greatness that's really only his rookie contract and then he might just be done I guess that's what happens when you're called 12 I'm, I'm coming for say, you Christian it, make, it makes sense that the 12 year old is calling 24 old but move, moving on moving on to the Saints with the second yeah. pick for them you know I don't like the Trevor Penning slander. They need a tackle. Look, Jameis Winston, I think he can handle with a little bit of nasty from his tackle. So I'll go Trevor Penning here. You know, I okay, so let me just clarify. I don't not like Trevor Penning. I think he's a very good No, I under I understand your reasoning. I totally get your reasoning. And a lot of the clips of him throwing defenders into um quarterback's knees is rough. But I think he can be taught out of that. The Saints have, I think, a good foundation, and I think he can learn. I, I totally agree with that. I think that if you can coach that, Adam, he's going to be this amazing top ten player that people think he is. But now, I Bodie, guess, you can yeah, now, now amazing. Me. You 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 get the board for a little bit here. Uh, I am definitely not afraid of this. This is going to be my, you know, I all my picks have been kind of on the shore side, barring my Bernard Raymond rant. But Mitch Trubisky sucks. I'm just going to say it. I, I don't like Mitch Trubisky. I think he's a bad quarterback, and that's why I'm going to take Malik Willis here. He's the first quarterback off the board. You see, I would take Malik Willis. I don't think he's that bad, but go off Queen. Uh, I probably would have taken Pickett instead. I mean, I feel like Malik Willis has got to be – he's going to be the quarterback that has the highest ceiling, but I think Kenny Pickett's the quarterback that's ready now. Which the is thing with Willis – the thing with Willis is he gets a year to develop because I think Mitch Trubisky will start for this year, as well as Mike Tomlin really, really loves Malik Willis. I understand that Pickett's ready now, but I don't think the Steelers are a team that wants a ready-now quarterback. I, I think another thing that gets overlooked is, you know, when you look at a team's overall arc, I think it, it's kind of nice to see that symmetry. You know, big men, we forget that big men when he was in his younger days could, you know, run. Well, it may not be this, the same running style that they have. I think 
that that offense flourishes with a more mobile quarterback. And, you know, Kenny Pickett has that mobility, but unfortunately, fake slide is banned. So, eh, half half. I mean, shout out Big Ben, uh, who uh, threw off Chris Brown when the Miami of Ohio came down to Hawaii. So, shout out to young Big Ben. Dude, CB is a giant. We're moving on. I get the Patriots again. I feel like this happened last time we did this, where somehow Derek Stingley is still here for this Patriots pick. I feel like this happened last time. Dead. It actually did. Wait, did I did I take Derek Stingley last time too? You must have. I think you did. I think you did. He's quite literally the best player available here. I'm, I'm gonna do it again. What's that goofy <laughs> me? I'll do it again. So I mean, so they they love they lose. J.C. Jackson. I mean, their number one quarterback right now is Jonathan Jones. It, it's not great. It's not great. It's, it's either Jonathan Jones or maybe maybe Jalen Mills. And neither of those guys are scaring me from taking Derek Stingley, who I think, you know, after, you know, not, not a great sophomore season, but you see the talent. He's a lot like what people see George Pickens as. You know, he, you saw the talent his freshman year, and then he kind of just, you know, petered off a little bit. But I think, you know, right here at 21, Derek Singley's an absolute steal because if he looks anything like he did in his freshman season, this is an absolute home run of a pick. And it's not a second-round DB that's going to stink like the Patriots always do. It's not a div three safety. Okay, no, I like Kyle Duggar. Kyle Duggar is good, all right? Duggar is cool. I like Duggar, too. But it's funny how it feels like it happens every year. Yeah, okay, Duke, Duke Dawson was terrible. Duke Dawson was – we don't – we don't. I don't want to talk about it. Moving on, I think, moving on. Well, I think, I think Nike took Duggar, so I think that could be all props to Nike. I'd like to be Nike one day. He is my dream general manager. That is who I aspire to be. Oh my god, I have triple picks. I, I didn't realize this till now. Yeah, that's what I meant by you had the board for a little bit. So I'm gonna do something that the Packers would absolutely never do. Because knowing them, looking at the board, they'll either take Devontae White or Nicobe Dean. Mark my words, that's another quote graphic. Brian Gutekunst, come at me. But I'm gonna take Jamison Williams. They need a wide receiver. This pick is the one they got from Las Vegas in exchange for uh, Devontae Adams. And, I mean, they need, a, they need another guy. Plus, they also lost um, Marquez Valdez-Scanling. So they're going to need, you know, that juice, the speed. And, you know, while Jamison Williams might, be, might, might not be available right away, he's going to be electrifying the minute he hits the field. You know who's a receiver who didn't start out the year uh, and is, in his rookie year did – very well one of the best rookie years for a wide receiver odell beckham it feels like odell beckham was a long time ago i i don't know why it was that was was 2014 2015 wasn't it yeah oh my has just told us he was he was 13 when obj's it was 2015 right he was 14 he was 14 Oh, it was 14. Yeah, I, I might have been 12. Yeah, I think I was 12 then. He actually was 12. Yes, Christian, I was 12 in 2014, all right? Jesus. He was 12. 
Let's go. We got the meme in. He was actually 12 for this part. Moving speaking on. Of a team that, speaking of a team that would probably prosper if a 12-year-old was coaching them, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. I love the transition, but I think you're right, Bodie. I don't think they're ever going to pick Jameson Williams, a wide receiver. I like the pick. I just think that knowing the Green Bay Packers, they're either going to go defense or offensive lineman. And I'm glad you didn't take an offensive lineman because I'm going to take one in this pick. And to me, it I don't know a lot about what the Cardinals have and don't have. Um, I'm assuming it's not that great. I mean, I'm looking at the roster. I think I'm going to go with a guard. I think you got to go with Zion Johnson out of um, Boston College. Good pick, good pick. Very just, good guard. I just want to go back real quick. I want to get a... I want to get another quote graphic. It's just going to be me quote graphics. I want another one of me saying, Brian Gutekunst, come at me. Um, um, can, we, can we schedule like a photo session? And then can, I, can you repeat these so I can write these down? Um, moving on. Dallas Cowboys. I guess, oh, I'm them boys. That's, that's terrifying. I don't want to be them boys. But I got to make Derek proud, I guess. I mean, O-line, it, on PFF, it says O-line, D-line, linebacker. It makes sense because they traditionally have linebackers that are always injured. I, I couldn't tell you why. But, I mean, if they're going to have Micah Parsons play more edge defender, I think they can get by on the defensive line. Leighton Vander Esch has kind of been pretty much Sean Lee. And so I'm scared to take another linebacker here, but I really want to do it. Mostly because Jalen Smith is out the door. Sean Lee's gone. They took like a whole bunch last year. So that's probably one thing I shouldn't do. And then I see probably one of the better defensive interior guys. in Not a great class, but it's still better than last year's. So I'm going to take Devontae Wyatt to show up that interior defensive line. I, I really like him as a player. I think he's going to do wonders for that Dallas D-line. You know, for Buffalo, there have been a lot of reports lately that said they're open to taking a running back in the first round. And so probably um, because of that, I know how much they need a running back. I'm not going to pick a running back because that's not what's going to happen. Oh, I think God they need help. As well. the out of me. I know. I think they're going to go receiver. You know, the two guys I'm debating with right now is either Jahan Dotson or Sky Moore. Um, I think I'm going to go with Jahan Dotson. Um, I think he just, you know, adds a little more height than Sky Moore. I really do like Sky Moore. I think he's going to be a great slot receiver. Um, I just think Jahan Dotson, you know, just adds a little more of that, um, you know, competition level, you know, power five kind of guy. So I think he'll be ready right away. You know, I, I really do like Jahan Dotson. So I wasn't terribly high on him going into the uh, pre-draft process, but inexplicably, I was watching some Penn State receiver tapes. I know, crazy, right? But I noticed two things. First, Sean Clifford sucks. Two, Jahan Dotson, very good. And if you can play with a Sean Clifford, I mean, he can pretty much – I think he'll be fine with Josh Allen if he plays with Sean Clifford at Penn State. 
you, you got me. I, I was going to pick Dotson with my next pick. I, I like Dotson too. That's why I, I mean, I was looking at all the film that people were posting on him and it was just, it was very impressive to watch. So that's why I, I like him too. And I'm very disappointed that he's not on, he's not on the board anymore. Yeah. We got you with Tennessee, bro. Man, I, I am. I was gonna pick Dotson. I don't know. I, I got to think about this now. I do. I do think Tennessee needs to select a receiver here. I don't know who though. It's like because outside of AJ Brown and Robert Woods, I have not heard of any of these people. Have you, have have you, heard, of, you heard of? I've who? I've heard of Traylon Burks. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. Either way, I mean, you could go edge rusher. I think they could go edge rusher, or, or not an edge rusher, but maybe interior lineman for sure. And oh, I am. I think I will pick a receiver. I just don't know who. Um, I think it's got to be between Burks, Sky Moore, or George Pickens. I can't. Remember what Curtis he, told you. So actually about receivers. I don't I remember but I do remember I can't remember everything, but I do remember <laughs> bits of it. Uh oh, I feel very sad that I wasn't able to be at that class. I know. You wouldn't have fun. He was just talking about like how his how right he was. I think. Um I think I gotta go with Trail on Burks here. I, I think. He might be considered the best receiver on the board. I really don't know, but I'm just, I'm still hung up on not getting Dotson. All righty. So I'm a little hung up here too, because you took Zion Johnson at 23, which I would think would have been the perfect play here, especially because the Bucks need a guard here. I miss. Jeff I like Mason. him more than Kenyon Green, fit-wise, scheme-wise. So, I think we can find another guy. I'm fine with who we have at guard right now. I'm going to go with depth at corner because that was an issue that we had uh, in Tampa Bay. So, I think I am going to go for Andrew Booth Jr. I think we just, you know, dealt with a lot of injuries, and anyone can help at that point. I like it. I mean, I can't, I don't remember a lot about the Buccaneers season, but I think. At one point, the whole pretty much all your corner, all the cornerbacks were out, right? Like, like week two in the season or something, right? Yeah. Then we signed Richard Sherman and then he got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's a lot of, um, I think it's a, I don't know if he's a developmental pick or not, but I think it's, it's a very good pick considering where you, where we are at this point in the draft. I mean, 27 is pretty respectable. All right, on to me with the Green Bay Packers. So I'm actually just looking at the Green Bay Packers depth chart right now. And, you know, they like to run a 3-4 defensive scheme, three down linemen, four backers. So they run two outsides and two middles. And I, I think if you need – if you're going to run that scheme, you need two, like, good middle linebackers. Devontae Campbell, you know, he's had a pretty good season on a really bad veteran contract. Well, team-friendly veteran contract. That, that's a better word. And I, I'm looking at a lot of these guys. I, I could go Kenyon Green just because I really don't like John Runyon, Josh Myers, and Royce Newman. 
but you know what? I'm going to do it. I like, I don't like their interior line as much as I don't like, or I hate their interior. How do I word this? I'm very not awake. I don't like their interior line. I, I don't like their linebackers, but I don't like their interior line even more. Wow, that was like a terrible segment right there. But basically, I'm going with Kenyon Green to shore up that interior offensive line. God, that was that was rough. But there goes Tanner back to back with those Kansas City Chiefs. So they need help at receiver. They lost pretty much everyone. And I think with that, I think this guy's going to be a sleeper. I think he's going to be awesome. He would have been, I think, a top receiver if he didn't tear his ACL in spring. I'm going with George Pickens. So this is a conversation I had with you, Reese. We were talking about George Pickens and how he's a little bit like, um, you know, a little bit kind of like Derek Stingley in the fact that, you know, they've had very, very good careers, but, you know, brittle with injury and, you know, not so great play. But I think George Pickens, if he comes back healthy and he, you know, he has, you know, this NFL regiment of training, I think he's going to be a really great receiver. I mean, you saw his freshman year. He looked absolutely insane. I mean, if you if you actually win, if you're the Sugar Bowl's most valuable player, that's pretty cool. And you know, I'm looking at it. It's, it he ran about a four four forty at the combine, or four 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 seven, I guess. And yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those picks where it's like if he doesn't get hurt, he might actually be higher up in the draft. And I like that pick. I mean. Well, as a Broncos fan, I don't like it, but it's, it's a good pick, I think, for Kansas City. And then with the second half, they got to replace, you know, their safeties, especially because Tyron Matthews not coming back. I think they choose who I think is probably the best athlete of all the safeties. I'm going Lewis Seen out of Georgia. I'm thinking they're going two for two in Georgia picks here. I think – I agree. I think they do need a safety. I I'm trying to. I don't know a lot about the sign or scene. I can't. I can't swear Tanner said that. I thought that it was seen, but it is seen. It's seen. So this is kind of emblematic of the player Lewis Seen is. I mean, I think everyone remembers that time he just like absolutely murdered Kyle Pitts. I mean, I think he's going to be kind of like that enforcer-ish, you know, kind of player in the middle of the field. I think that's hilarious. Well, I don't think it's hilarious. I think it's going to be great for the Buccaneers. I'm just looking at the numbers. I mean, Chiefs. four thirty. Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> Chiefs. My bad. I'm. I, whenever I think of you, I think of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm fine with that. Wow, this is the first time I've had to stall for time. I'm just gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say you're stalling over there, but I mean, you know, this is this is honestly amazing. You know, I'm, I'm three steps at, ahead. I'm ready with my pick already Jesus. for Detroit to end the day. I, I'm looking at this Bengals depth chart right now. I mean. I'm kind of in awe of what they did this offseason. Like, their roster looks incredible. You know, I think the one thing that could probably maybe get fixed of is I don't love Jackson Carmen at left guard, but I think Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, well, it's not, you know, great picks. It's good enough to get by. And I, I think it's going to keep Joe Burrow alive. So while I look at this, I'm thinking I might just go best player available. 
I mean, you know, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, and Marcus Bailey as their top three linebackers. Eh. And you know who's still on the board? Nicobe Dean. So I'm going to take Nicobe Dean here. Give them a pretty good linebacker. I like it. You know, I think Nicobe Dean, if you put him alongside Pratt and um, Logan Wilson, I think those three are going to be, if you rotate them out, I think those are going to be a very hard uh, trio of linebackers to deal with on a weekly basis. And now we're here at the final pick. You know, I think last mock draft, I took Jordan Davis here, which is a crazy thing to say. But, you know, lines, they need a lot of help everywhere. And I already gave them developmental guy in uh, Trayvon Walker. And as much as we love Jared Goff, the number one overall pick, I think we got to go quarterback here for Detroit. I think they need a new guy that can help lead the team. So I think I'm going to go with something that maybe people aren't expecting. I'm going with Desmond Ritter. I like Kenny Pickett. I love Kenny Pickett. I think Desmond Ritter is a leader. He led that Cincinnati Bearcats team to a couple of really great years. Kenny Pickett has really only been an amazing starter for one year and a solid, you know, starter here and there at Pitt. I think, you know, that senior bowl helped Ritter a lot. And I think a lot of teams realize how great Ritter is as a leader and as a quarterback. He'll have the year to develop behind Jared Goff. I love his mobility, and I'm kind of banking on his maturity there. I think we shocked, I think we, shocked us. we were Bodie and I were having conversations where it was like, like wow, we were like we were, we kind of knew you were going to pick a quarterback. I don't think we picked we we were thinking either we were probably thinking Pickett. I think to be honest, and then as a Sam Howell. Uh, well, I definitely wasn't going to pick Carson Strong. We could have gone Calvin Turner, Calvin Turner Jr. in there to play, you know, Wildcat quarterback for them. We were having that whole conversation right before the episode. We should talk about that now that our draft is complete. Where do you think all these Hawaii guys are going to go? Do you think they're all priority free agents? Or I think they're going to be day three guys. They're going to be UDFA kind guys. I think, you know, as great as I would love them to be drafted, I think they – did not get the best opportunity to show off their best skills. I think the guy that's going to probably be the highest drafted is probably Cortez Davis, just because of how important it is to have a corner. Uh, Calvin Turner, I think seventh round, maybe, but I think, you know, especially with, I'm look, I don't want to rip into our offense from last year, but it wasn't the best. And I think a lot of people saw a lot of that was, you know, Calvin Turner drops. That was a little bit of hard to watch here and there, but I don't know how much you could put that all on Calvin Turner. Um, so, yeah, and I would probably say the same for guys like Gene, uh, guys like Jared. I love them, but I think they'll find their ways into the league, not necessarily through the draft. So, again, we were having this whole conversation earlier, but I really like Calvin Turner Jr. I, I do. 
I think he's a great athlete, but I honestly don't think he gets drafted. I, I, I so we were talking about this earlier. We've seen a lot of guys like Cat Owens. You know, he didn't work out so well in the NFL, but he had a pretty great career in the CFL. And you know, I well, I do think that CTJ isn't going to stick. I, I do think that he will ultimately have a pretty good career. I think he's a very, very great CFL prospect. Because when you look back at how players stick, think of Terrell Davis. Remember when his first playing was like a kickoff return. He turned into one of the you know better running backs in recent memory. I it's just it's very hard to see unless he can get those drops and muffs under control. Yeah, I just it's the the evaluation is rough, to say the least. I'm kind of surprised. Are we not? I, did I miss something? I want to check because we keep talking about Calvin Turner, Cortez Davis. They're probably going to be the first two guys off. Maybe you get Gene Pryor. But is Cole Val not considered a top prospect? Because I thought he was okay. It's just his injuries are what's keeping him maybe off the board of some teams. Like he could be a potential um day three and priority free agent signing of thing almost i think cole Laval is good but when you have a guy who did you know mountain west isn't exactly premier competition so when you have a guy who has the injury history plus you know you don't know how well he's going to translate i i just it's hard to see i i can see him as a free agent though that someone pick up like Remember Dijon Allen a few years ago. I think he could end up being like that. You know, he didn't, you know, obviously he didn't end up sticking in the NFL, but I mean, he's had a pretty great career or he's had a pretty good run of it last, the last couple of years at left tackle. I think for the Toronto Argonauts, actually, of the CFL, which I'm going to start following, I want to start following the CFL and I want to take the Argonauts because you got Dijon Allen. I've, I think Cole, uh, Cole McDonald's still there as a backup, probably maybe practice squad quarterback. But I mean, you got you love to see Hawaii guys in the Canadian Football League. It's just awesome. Oh, and I believe JoJo Ward is on the Houston Gamblers, right, of the USFL. Did you watch that? I have not watched a single game. Even if I had time, I wouldn't watch it. Okay, so I, I know people have been, like, harping on, like, you know, oh, drone footage, so awesome. It looks so jank. It, it doesn't look good. Like, am I missing something? I didn't even know they had drones. What? But, like, I saw – the only clip I saw was that, was that they mic'd up the coaches. So you can actually hear what they're saying to the refs. And I'm surprised that actually works out when it's not, like – it's like, what the are you doing? It's like, that's not a, uh, it's like, I really wanted to get Rick McLaughlin, the, um, oh shoot, the, the UC Santa Barbara men's volleyball head coach. I really wanted to see him mic'd up on like that volleyball. He went up to the down ref like seven times or something that night. But that, that, that leads me into something I want to talk about with you. This isn't even like podcast, right? It's just something I always wanted to like, I just thought about one time. It'd be really cool if they mic'd up like volleyball players. If you were if you were to like 
like it, it seems like it's hard to carry like it's like baseball you can put that like on your pants or whatever and like you know you, it, it's, you don't have to really worry about it falling off too badly but like men's volleyball i feel like you could you, they should put it on the net i think if anything i don't know if you can put it on a player i'd love to see charlie wade mic'd up though put one on the ref i am a terrible terrible person but put one on the ref yeah, I want to see the coaches, especially Charlie Wade, mic'd up. I don't think we would, if you wanted to put one on Dan Hiranaka or Ernie Hood, that'd be... <laughs> oh my God. We got to wait for the next time Long Beach comes out and we got to mic up Wade and Alan Knipe. That's going to be an all time, just like someone's going to die. It'll be Saturday for all we know. <laughs> Can we work on that? Can we get someone mic'd up? No, oh, they would never let us. But I believe that's all we have today. So Tanner had to leave a little bit earlier, but shout out to him. Oh, that's right. I have to announce that. So, you know, with me leaving at the end of the semester, you know, I, I'm very happy that you guys want to continue the green and black. So Tanner Hayworth will be taking over as new lead host of the green and black. He can add that to his resume and all he wants. But yeah, he will be taking over my role. Maurice will be staying over to converse with him. And you know, if we're lucky, maybe I'll, or maybe if I'm lucky, I'll be able to come back to the show someday. But you might actually have to ask Derek this time. <laughs> we'll see. But myself, Bodhi Asimoto, my editor, Reese Nagoka, and fellow senior sports staff, Tanner Hayworth. We'll see you next time, whenever that is. Peace out. Shoots.